Welcome to the Elder Hour podcast, where we discuss the history of plants from a magical perspective. We'll be exploring the history, lore, and mystical properties of a new plant every single week. I'm your host, Juliette Diaz, an indigenous Taino bruja and seer from a long line of medicine women and men. I have a master's of science in herbal medicine, best-selling author of Witchery, Embrace the Witch Within, and founder of Plant Coven. And I'm your host, Chelsea Selby, owner of occult bath and body brand, Witch Baby Soap, college-educated holistic health practitioner, and lifelong witch. Welcome to Elder Hour. This week, we are discussing Damiana, just in time for Valentine's Day. I know. I love, love, love Damiana so much. Um, So... I mean, let's just cut to the chase. Damiana is an aphrodisiac. So this is going to be a fun episode. It is. And there, it's, there's also a lot of like deep healing that goes with this beautiful being as well for both of us, actually. I know a lot of people feel like have mixed feelings about Valentine's Day, but I love Valentine's Day. Me too. I mean, I get it. Consumerism and all that. And, but again, like some of the holidays I really do appreciate just because I know you're supposed to appreciate your partner and your love all the time. But in reality, we don't have that fucking time. <laughs> we, there, life happens and, and we, we work and there's, we, some of us are parents. So just to have that one day or some of some people use the whole weekend to mm-hmm. really dive into looking at each other and acknowledging each other and just celebrating each other. Um, I think that's really beautiful. And even if you're doing it as a single person or a lone person with yourself, like self-love, I think it's just a beautiful way to celebrate that. I've just always really, really, um, enjoyed it even since I was like a little kid I love like I I don't know I just I just love love I just really like it um I've always liked like the candies and the the I love pink and red it's my favorite color combination most people think it clashes but I just like absolutely adore it and by the time this episode airs Venus retrograde will be over but I feel like during the whole Venus retrograde period, like pink and red has been totally invigorating for me as a, as a Venus ruled person. Interesting. You're mentioning the pink because I hate pink. (laughs) It's the one color I don't like, but however, I am a huge fan of like that blush color. So mixing black with blush is my favorite, but um, just the other day in the market, someone left a pink, um, you know, what is, what are those things called? The ones that you clean your, your, your window, your car windows with to scrape off the ice. Well, uh, mine's called a snow Joe. Okay. Well, one of those things, it has like something in the end on each end and it's like hot pink color. <laughs> and I remember them like, Chelsea would love this. <laughs> I love pink. It, it's brand new in my trunk. So I'm going to just pass it on to you. <laughs> I was like doing like a, I, I don't know. I was like on this yellow kick for a while. Um, but yellow, I feel like I'm done with my yellow for now. Like yellow is not really where we've, Worked with each other. I learned all the lessons that yellow needs me to learn. Yellow is a difficult color to work with. Yes, it is. You would think yellow is just like a happy color. 
But yellow is also illumination, and illumination is fucking painful. It is. And a lot of times, too, yellow, well, it does represent authentic joy. And to to not have authentic joy in your life and then work with the color yellow um, and seeing the process you have to go through in stripping what doesn't align with you, support you in order for you to actually achieve real joy. It's not, it's not fun. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Yellow is rugged. A lot of people are like, just put citrine. It's happiness. Citrine is also going to like shine a light on every fucking thing in your life that you don't want to look at. Mm. Like, I, so, but lately I cannot get enough of pink. I am like, obsessed with pink like even on animal crossing i want to make all the houses pink <laughs> i think i should embrace pink because i don't like it um i you know like uh, just going back to like things that we don't like like summer is a season that i'm not very happy with i i don't like summer i don't like the scorching heat um i don't like overcrowded areas and that's what summer represents to me <laughs> a lot yeah. of the times um I go to the beach in the winter in the fall because that's what is about it. I have to say, yeah, summer is more enjoyable without capitalism. (laughs) Like a hundred percent. Yeah, I enjoy my summer at home, like in my garden and farming and doing all the things out here. Um, going to the farms and and spending time with my kids and going in the lakes, things like that. It's just a nightmare when you have to go somewhere and be sweaty at the place that you have to go. Like if you have to go to work and you sweat and then you're just smelly all day at your job. For sure. It's just miserable. I remember. I remember I I come from public school. So back in the day when I was in school, they couldn't afford or just didn't have AC. So they still don't in my daughter's school. What? Oh my God. That's child abuse. Like even... I remember I had to go to um, summer school one time because I missed um, a bunch of days during the school year. Uh, And the reason why I missed a couple of days during the school year is because, you know, I was going through abuse. So I had to like stay home, Uh hide scars and stuff. I know it's horrible stories, Uh, but it's it's your story though. Yeah. So then I had to go to summer school and literally melting and the most horrific awful time of my life was summer school with no AC in a classroom full of badass kids. <laughs> so it was just all bad. Um, so I'm going to learning my lesson and learning how to embrace summer to kind of take the trauma out of it and my experiences and really allowing summer to shine through and give me her lessons. Um, I'm going to do the same thing with pink and just buy else. a lounge chair and get one of those sprinklers and just lay out there. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. all you need. Like, it's just like I like spread eagle drinking some um, Damiano cold drinks. <laughs> yeah, just add her maybe ooh, ooh, maybe like a nice um, Damiana hibiscus tea. Yes, tea. And, I'm sorry, I said bitch. Can I say bitch on the episode? <laughs> yeah. We're E for explicit, bitch. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I never mixed it with hibiscus before. I okay. I smoked it with hibiscus. I I have smoked. You know what? I have smoked it, but I've never put it in my iced teas or my teas. Why I not? Smoked it with rose and hibiscus. It was delicious. <sighs> okay, I'm I'm actually really excited. 
I'm geeking out right now. I'm really excited about adding it with hibiscus for the summer. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. You got it. It, yeah. it. it just, that astringent tartness, like hibiscus is another one that I work with a lot. It's like one of my favorite, favorite, favorite flowers. But also I feel like if you want to enjoy summertime, hibiscus is, is your girl. Yeah. Hibiscus. I, I always have her for my summer, but I never mixed her with Damiana. I feel like this is instead of hot girl summer, this is hot witch plant geek summer. <laughs> yeah, You just have to like enjoy the things about summer. Like there's like dew and everything is like sticky like that. Honestly, I like, I, I enjoy different things about the seasons, but like, I love the feel of humidity on my skin. I after living in Florida for five years, um, in my twenties, like, when I go back to Florida and I just feel that humidity like wrap around me, I just find it so like comforting. Yo. <laughs> I don't. I'm like, I'm like a flower just Is it covered in dew. But my mom said that because my mom actually she she came from Cuba, right? Obviously. Um uh, but she was pregnant with me. So on her journey over from Cuba to here, and she was like, you know what? Now that I think about it, I think you were meant to not be in Cuba. <laughs> you, you wouldn't survive. I'm such a little wuss when it comes to like really bad. Heat. I actually also, um, asthma activates when I have um, too much humidity. I have trouble breathing. I used to be in the track team in high school and I could not do the long runs um, because of the heat, I just couldn't yeah. do it, but I, yeah. I they had me doing like the 900 meters. Cause you're not supposed to run in the heat. You're supposed to lay in a lounge chair with oh, a sprinkler yeah. and hibiscus uh, iced tea. That's, like, that's, <laughs> and then, yeah, that's how I'm going to look at it from now on. It's just, again, you know, unlearning how certain things in your life are supposed to be because of how society says. So I have to learn how to do it in my own way. And that sounds like the perfect way. <laughs> so I love that summer is the opposite of winter, but also so similar. Like I love the fact that January has become one of my favorite months of the year because it's just like a time to go inward. Yes. Um, there's no holidays. I don't have to do anything. I can just kind of stay home. It's so cold. I don't have to like make an excuse for why I don't want to go out. I can just be like, it's fucking cold. Yeah, I'm not going Jan- anywhere. January is definitely the the depths of winter, right? In it's her. like a cocoon. It is. It's the the month of introspection, and I I agree. I actually don't do what everybody else does. A lot of people do like their vision boards and they're planning like in December to be be ready for January. January is like my chill, take my time do my vision boards and my goals and my plannings like very slowly, patiently, um, mindfully in January, like the whole month of January. Mm-hmm. That's what I use it for. It's one of my most spiritual months of the year because yeah. I'm just like, Oh, I have the time to just really like embrace the silence and you relax. And I mean, kind of, <laughs> these days, but, but still like more so than any other month of the year. Cause like once the summer comes, it's like the quickening, like things heat up. I mean, the spring comes, it's the quickening. It's time to get to work in the summer. The summer is work and the fall is work because the fall is harvest. It's harvesting right. all your labor, but the summer when everything's just growing and everything's up in, in motion and 
all you can do is reap the rewards is also a time of relaxation. Like July is a time where you rest yes, and you sit in a pool and just float and, and chill out. Um, so it's like the opposite end of the spectrum. Also, yeah, we're tr- since I moved and I have my own home and land, we are adding a pool. Um, so I feel like I'm going to just experience summer in a different way here. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. Yeah, you got to slow down. That's how you enjoy summer. You like got to it's take take the vacation. You know, relax. Yeah, I agree. Yay. <laughs> It's because when you go full full speed capitalism, like going to work and doing all that stuff, and you know, it's unfortunate that in this country we don't have a lot of time for rest and relaxation and taking vacations and things like that. I agree, but I'm really excited about this episode. Like you have no, I know we've tried to do it before. We put it on yes, but I just was not in a place where I was ready to talk about this type of stuff. Just because of my trauma, I have a difficult time talking about um, sometimes like even like aphrodisiacs, but I've been doing a lot of self-work and a lot of therapy. <laughs> so here we are discussing but, aphrodisiacs. Go yeah. me. And Amiana is actually really great with working um, with those of us who have that kind of trauma, um, in my book, Plant Witchery, I wrote in there, um, how, when I first started to allow her in through meditation and dream work, I felt really uncomfortable because I was abused as a child. Um, but immediately when I started to work with her, she sensed my trauma and she like jolted out of my body. Like she wasn't having it. Like she knew I wasn't ready. Um, and the message and, and the wisdom I got back from her was to work with her from a distance and in small doses. So I actually started working with her like through tea first, just like sipping and uh, not even the whole teacup either. That's how, that's how triggering it was for me. And I, and I didn't really know why, because the feelings that it infuses within your body are so sensual, um, so invigorating. Um, and you know, like some of my parts, wake up (laughs) and I'm like, I don't like that. Don't, don't, I don't want my, you know, my area waking up right now without my permission. So it is very triggering if you haven't, um, if you've had some kind of abuse or trauma before, um, work with her very slowly at first. Yeah. And, and also she's not just an aphrodisiac, like, like, uh, She's been given to everybody across the spectrum, children, adults, um, for stress relief and mood enhancement as well. So and if big time, I use her mainly for creativity. So if that's like, you know, you're not wanting to work with it as an aphrodisiac, you don't have to do that. It's yeah. also beneficial. I actually, according to drugs.com, um, Damiana has been used in alternative medicine to improve mental function, treat headaches, depression, upset stomachs, constipation, or bedwetting. And I found that really interesting, especially the bedwetting, because like it also says that it's used as an aphrodisiac to improve sexual satisfaction and to help with sexual problems. Like this just sounds like trauma to me. 
this, like all of these symptoms, upset stomach, even the bedwetting, like that is, that's like trauma. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and then, um, also nervousness and anxiousness. Like I've, I've worked like lately I've been working with her for that. Um, I get very anxious, um, and I'm still working through that and finding the triggers for that anxiousness. Um, but with just like her tea calms me down right away. I don't know if you hear this, but I don't know if Damiana woke up my cat, but she's in heat. (laughs) (laughs) You hear? In, in Greek, Damiana stands for to tame or subdue. And the feminine version, which is Damiana is the one who tames. Mm. which I found very interesting. It is because she does have like this dual dual duality to her where you can work with her to kind of open things up and also protect you from those things that you open up. Yeah. I just feel like when I, when I smoked Damiana and hibiscus and rose over the summer, it was just very relaxing and like, mouth-watering. I don't know if that was the hibiscus because hibiscus will also make your mouth feel like really like, you know, watery, but I just felt like just really laid back and relaxed. Once, because it also touches, I know a lot of us don't, like for me, it was really hard to kind of, I'm still, okay. So just to be like super open, cause I'm always open with all of you guys because of my trauma in the past, like even in my relationship, I've been with my hubby now, but Oh, I also got engaged early this year. I forgot to mention that in the, in the other episode, (laughs) (laughs) all the things it's coming out. Yeah. I also got engaged. That happened. I I completely forgot. Um, but we've been together 11 years. Um, I feel like that happens when you've been together forever though. You're like, in your mind, you've been engaged forever. Yeah. I was like, okay. <laughs> Everything's continuing on the same. So I feel because I'm so, I feel safe and supportive in this relationship. Like I've never had before in any other ones. Um, I've been allowed to explore my sexuality and who I am and, and, and that identity of myself um, because I am bisexual. Mm-hmm. And I, because of the trauma I've had in the past, I really, truly, and because of how society was also, you know, being an eighties baby and into the nineties back then it, we weren't, there wasn't an openness like there is now about your sexuality. Right. No, um, definitely not. Yeah. You just didn't tell people, Oh, I think I like girls too. It, it wasn't even a converse. It wasn't even in a conversation. It wasn't something that you had a choice to even talk about because it just wasn't around you. It wasn't yeah, like, it also, you didn't have like a profile on the internet or anything yeah, that you could not- be like, you know, there was, yeah, there was nothing. I really, interestingly enough though, my little crew, my clique of five people, um, they were all gay. We were all queer. Like, mm-hmm. and I didn't even realize that all of us were until we were older. Um, the one guy in our, in our, my, one of my best friends growing up, he, he dressed in drag since he was very little. He was gay. He was very open about it. He was the only one that was really open about it. Really proud of it. Um, my best friend from the time I found out later that she was a lesbian. I didn't even know that when we were children, I had yeah. the biggest 
crush on her. Like I loved her. I spent all my time with her. Um, but I really, if it was different times, she probably would have, you know, we loved each other so much. I would have, you know, definitely been like, can you be my girlfriend? Um, <laughs> yeah. But so I like, uh, I came out as bi when I was like 18, but the first time that I had a crush on a girl and kissed a girl, I was in first grade. It just, there wasn't really like a space for me yes. to be myself or talk about it. But like, I mean, somebody should have known with my like Betty Page addiction at, in high school. <laughs> like I loved pinup girls. And, uh, Same. I also, I I've always been kind of like not really falling in line with gender roles either. Um, I recently added like she, they to my profile on Instagram because I've just never really considered like, I I don't know, like gender is just such a, it's what even is gender? Like, I I really love that, that, you brought that up because that was part of what, what I'm still going through is going back. I am literally going back in time. My first, like my first connection with any human was a woman was a girl. We were little girls and, you know, we played around or whatever. Um, but to me, I, I didn't see it like, you know, something like, you know, oh, you're, you're bisexual or you're gay or you're, you're, and genders didn't play a role in my life back then. I really didn't think about it, but now I'm 40 and now I'm even questioning, is she her properly for me? And I'm continually, this is, this is, has been maybe four months of me asking me, asking myself this question. Um, and I have to just, of being brave enough to, dissect this for myself. It's, it's a healing process I'm going through right now. Um, and with my partner in acknowledging who I really am, because I didn't have that choice or that, um, chance to identify myself back then. I didn't have the chance to, to really say who I was because they already labeled me. Um, you already labeled it was, it is what it was. You're a girl. So you're a, she, her, you're into boys and that's it. There's no questions asked. So you did what you were told back in the day, back when I was younger. Um, and now that the world is so open and that I'm so, I feel safer within myself and I feel safer with what I love and what I'm attracted to. I actually am not even just attracted to just women. Um, I, I, um, gender doesn't mean anything to me. Like, yeah, I'm if I'm attracted to you, I'm just attracted to you. It, it is what it is. I'm, not- I'm attracted to people's personalities. Yeah. Like not your, not- energy, your energy is what it's for foreplay to me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like when I was in high school, there, there was not a lot of awareness about, um, I mean, like non-binary wasn't even a term that I even knew it wasn't even in my vocabulary. Um, Gender wasn't talked about a lot. And at the time, I mean, I've always kind of been like this, like my, my choices in clothing and things like that were always more masculine leaning. Um, like I got my first pair of work boots. Uh, they were like goosebumps work boots when I was younger 
and they were my favorite shoes, but they were like boys shoes and I didn't care. And I've never really like adhered to like what should be typically girly or what should be typically boyish. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I was in high school, my favorite perfume, well, my favorite cologne was Curve for Men. That was my signature. Scent. Oh my god, oh. I would have loved smelling you. I was so obsessed with that. <laughs> that was my that was my go to. So here I am. I'm wearing Curve for Men. Um, I shopped in the men's section of Old Navy. I bought because I was like in the hardcore scene, the hardcore music scene. So I was wearing like camo boy shorts. I was wearing men's band t-shirts, um, getting into fights like every weekend. Cause you know, like trauma. <laughs> so I was just like fighting out all of my trauma and just being angry and frustrated and not really having the avenue to express it. So like hardcore music, which is basically like a fight club. Um, was how I was dealing with that. Also simultaneously traumatizing me because, uh, I was like in this very, very masculine space full of like adult men, which is where most of my trauma comes from adult men. (laughs) Um, I, my, my first boyfriend, my first serious boyfriend was actually, uh, an adult man who in retrospect was a fucking creep that, uh, the, he like groomed me. Um, and he was 21 and I was 15. And even when we were dating, if you could call it that, like people used to call me his like little boy girlfriend. Mm. Cause I had short hair. So I've never really like adhered to specific like societal expectations for how I should express my gender. Like I would fight a man and dress like one. <laughs> I just, the concept of gender is just so foreign to me sometimes. And even one year when I was like becoming an adult, my new year's resolution was to dress more girly. Um, that didn't really, didn't really pan out. I I remember having a similar year, having a similar, um, resolution where I wanted to be more femme because I wasn't, I mean, growing up where I did, you know, a lot of Latinas and, um, BIPOC, beautiful women who love, their their womanhood right and they were gorgeous and very girly and dresses and makeup and all this and I wasn't just I I liked it to a certain extent but I wasn't all in and and I was very also very masculine I'm still am till this day I'm I'm a merge of both so Mm -hmm. yeah I remember that and it didn't work out (laughs) I think it's a good balance to have like I do I I have a very feminine practice of magic like I fucking love flowers and, you know, pink and, and girly things. But I feel like not trying to suppress or, or feel like I need to fit into some kind of, uh, gender norm has allowed me to have the balance of being both masculine and feminine at the same time, which is also why I put she they, cause I was like, you know, like, I feel like I'm a lot of both in my interests and, um, how I present to society. Like, I don't know, even, even perceived by men 
like I've, I've had them like pick up my masculine energy, like the amount of like, this is so weird. The amount of like dads that think I want to like steal their wife is so strange to me. Mm-hmm. Like I just like why I'm just yeah. I'm just talking to your wife like why are you so intimidated? It is it's it's it, people do not like the the way the way things are going now where everyone is just stepping into who they are and it's really powerful and these people who have been trying to keep our power from ourselves are scared they're fucking scared because when we see ourselves for who we are and acknowledge it and accept it, um, we become more powerful energetically, spiritually in human form and all of it. And Mm -hmm. that's exactly what they don't want because you're putting that energy out into the world. And that energy is something that feeds our mother earth and mother earth, um, uses that and works with it to help heal and kind of come back to a new rebirth that she needs because she needs to heal. Yeah, I absolutely agree, especially in terms of Damiana, because I don't know if you know, but Damiana is illegal in Louisiana. In Louisiana? Yeah, so... I didn't know she was illegal anywhere. What the hell? Plants that are illegal always, you know, set off my red flag, not for the plant, but just for, like, why? Why is this being suppressed? Why? Like that Louisiana. What the hell? You would know. You have a lot of hoodoo in Louisiana, right? Well, I think it's because it got like, it, it was being sold as like spice or whatever during that like K2 fake synthetic weed phase that we went through in like the 2010s or whatever. I don't know. That's just crazy. I mean, um, I, I, especially Louisiana, I would think a lot of practitioners there would work with Damiana. It's, um, yeah, because a lot of our cultures work with it especially in our magic illegal illegal it's illegal can you believe that i couldn't believe that that's insane um but saint john's wort also illegal in ireland and saint john's wort is a powerful like antidepressant to the point where it can interfere with your antidepressant medication yeah i would not give up saint john's wort for anything it's one of my staples so whenever i see that something is illegal somewhere like wheat Weed, I feel like, is one of the most powerful spiritual mm-hmm. um, enhancers. Like, there's something. There's something there that that people want to suppress and they don't want people to have. So I see that in this. Yeah. No, this is... Damiana is one... I, I would say also a very powerful spirit. Um, anyone who follows me knows I'm very open about cannabis and my love for cannabis. Um I think Damiana is just right there behind cannabis in how much I would want to continue to work with this spirit throughout my life. It's been helping me a lot, like I said, at my age now to kind of fully embrace my sexuality, my likes, my dislikes, and and all of it. Like really my 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 whole identity is shifting because of her. Yeah. You know what else I think is like it's powerful for Um, and I found this with this, with this, actually with a story that I found kind of like connected to it. Uh Um, I feel like we as mothers 
in society have so many expectations of us. Like we're expected to behave in certain ways. We're expected to not like be hot anymore or like, like, a, you know, embody that side of ourselves where we can be like, you know, sexy or whatever. Um, like people, it's not even like somebody tells you that you can't be that way. It's just that people fucking treat you like shit if you are. Yeah. Um, like and for even, example, even society, like we're not the faces of sexy. We're not the sec- the, the, the faces of beauty anymore. Right. They're, they're always going towards the younger. Yeah. Uh, or even like dad bod is celebrated. Well now but like ever, which is what the hell it's like an uprising of that. <laughs> it, it's celebrated, but then like, you know, women, our aging process isn't celebrated in the same way. We're expected to just like cover up and, and kind of like fade into the background or whatever. Um, and part of unlearning this type of stuff is, uh, I have trauma surrounding this because I grew up in a strip club. Um, my mom was a go-go bartender. All of my aunts are go-go bartenders. Um, and I was actually like going through my family album and it's really funny because it's like in the strip, there's like so many pictures in the strip club of like butts and stuff. <laughs> and then like two pages later, it's me, like a cute little baby. Um, but the way that my mother was treated by the school system and society when I was a kid and how they treated me because of what my mother did to support us, uh, definitely left like this ingrained idea of what a woman and a mother is supposed to be and what they should not be. And then becoming a mother myself, I've had to work through releasing the judgment of my mother growing up. Yeah. You know, releasing like, like I would feel so much anxiety about how I would be perceived as someone who uh, shows a lot of cleavage and like is more like in touch with my body, like on my Instagram, like I'm always showing pictures of my legs and things like that. Like a lot, it doesn't seem like a lot, but like when you're in it, when you're in motherhood and you're in, you know, the, the community, a lot of people aren't doing that. No, I, I completely get that. You know, like a lot of people aren't showing their bodies. They aren't like they're wearing, they're covering up a lot. And then you have people who like, look at you, like you're like trash or whatever. And then that just. <laughs> you sure you didn't give her some Dem- Demiana? <laughs> She's like hardcore in heat. Um, and then having to release like that is, is so tough because it, it's like generational yeah. trauma. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's one thing that I've had to work through as a mother. And then finding like the story that it just was so interesting to me, um, because it just feels so much more, um, natural and how things should actually be. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know if you knew this, but there is Damiana liqueur. No. Have you ever had it? No. No. Okay. It's actually said that the first margarita was made with Damiana liqueur. Um, and then today the liqueur is most popularly found in a bottle that's shaped like a full feminine figure and not like, not like traditional feminine figure, like a full goddess body. Like, um, so the, the people who sell this liqueur say that it's modeled after an Incan goddess. So I was like, okay, which Inca goddess, you know, like which one everywhere I read, it was just Incan goddess, Incan goddess. Like, I want to know which which one? So I looked up the bottle and then I compared it to some statues of Inca goddesses. And I believe that it's modeled after Pachamama. Yeah. I was going to say it has to be the earth mother because, um, Damiana is very much integrated into the indigenous cultures um, especially Central and South America and the Caribbean, which is my mm-hmm. islands. Um, and sh- she is associated with Atabeira, which is Atabe, our mother goddess from the Caribbean, um, Taino people. And it would be Pachamama for definitely. for Yeah. The, yeah. Anyway. yeah she, so, so, um, Damiana is native from Texas to South America. Yeah. Um, and the, I, it's interesting because Pachamama uh, coincidentally embodies the mountains mm. mm-hmm. and Damiana prefers a higher arid altitudes to grow. So that falls right in line with this connection. And I just, even if the intention wasn't for this co- company to like be working with this goddess, sometimes I found through my own work that gods and goddess speak through your work, whether you like it or not. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so I was like, you know, just doing my research, uh, you often see like these, these gods and goddess speak through many mediums, corporate mediums. You see it in the Marvel franchise. You see it in all types of literature Oh my God, my cat is. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see it in all types of like modern literature, music, uh, like the goddess and the gods inspire so many things. So if you look hard enough, you'll see that inspiration, whether people intentionally make it or not. Because when you tap into that creative energy, creative source, you're tapping into the divine. Yeah. Um. So later, Pachamama became synonymous with the Virgin Mary, of course. Um, She's celebrated on Martes de Chala, uh, where people bury food, throw candies, and burn incense. It coincides with Mardi Gras. August 1st, speaking of the summer, is her feast day. Mm. And the main focus on this day is gratitude. And the festival revolves entirely around expressing gratitude for the earth. (laughs) You hear my cat? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry, listeners. (laughs) Okay, she's cute. Energy is needed. I don't know what this Damiana episode, like she was sleeping like a little angel and now she's like, 
awakens <laughs> and she is searching for a boyfriend. <laughs> um, so the night before her feast day, a smoke cleansing is done to prepare and call in the good energy. Um, then at, during the harvest season, an offering would be given to the earth, like literally pouring one out for the homies may have stemmed from this ritual, which I found so interesting. Um, a fermented corn beer would be poured into the earth to let the earth drink to gain or the favor of the earth during harvest cedar season and the harder months ahead. Yeah. That's, that's been going on for a lot of eons, indigenous peoples, like in my culture or ceremonies, we always pour out into the earth as offerings and yeah. And we leave offerings on the earth as well. Um, it was believed that you must act with respect towards the earth so that your livestock would remain protected and your crops would grow hardy. Mm -hmm. Um, traditionally at this festival, guinea pigs were sacrificed or llama fetuses were burned. Um, I think because she was sometimes depicted as wearing a llama wool shawl, mm. but that, that doesn't really occur anymore. Uh, more reasonable and modern offerings are food, drinks, cigars, coca leaves, and clay pots with one of all of your crops buried. Really love that. Yeah, I love that too. Um, and here is what I love the most about this festival is that there is a tradition called the Sunday Parade where the oldest woman would be found and named Pachamama Queen of the Year. That's so beautiful. I really so, love that. Yes. I love that so much. The most senior lady was seen as an incarnation of the goddess's wisdom, fertility, life, and reproduction. I really love that. I think that's the first I hear that. Um, I just thought that was so beautiful. It is, it is beautiful. I love that so much. Um, that's also why, like, I I love, you know, I goddess spirituality and and goddess culture as some people call it because there's just a space for aging where it's seen like you know in in a lot of traditional religions you have the wise men you ha you have a space for men to be old and wise and valued and not a lot for women no, I mean, it, it's, it took a turn with colonization, um, actually, where back in before that, our women were revered as the wise women, the, the, the healers, the women that you, you went to, the women that actually ran the tribes and, and, and were the healers, the community people until colonization happened and the man was put before the woman. Um, mm -hmm. And now when we age and our hair turns gray, we turn into the hags, we turn into the witches, we turn into, you know, not what we truly are in the eyes of what society sees us as. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I love like the fact that, I mean, even, even being, even being like, I would, I would love to see even a hag, but like, where are the women? They're just... There's not a lot of them. I mean, there's like saints. Yeah. But 
I just, I love that there's so much rich folklore and storytelling and mythology surrounding the goddesses and their aging and respect for women who age, even in the moon phases in the triple goddess, like a lot of people devalue the triple goddess. Um, but I think it's one of the most important symbols for femme people because, you know, it encompasses every aspect and not just maidenhood right? or virginity, you know, yeah, like we are so much more than our virginity. <laughs> like even this like fucking taken, like a modern, the modern archetypes of, of these virginal depictions. Like I fucking hate the movie, movie taken. Like I, a lot of people love that movie, but like the best friend is just like, what, not worth saving. Right. <laughs> Right. he's like fuck fuck you goodbye i i mean i get he needs to save his daughter but like did he even go back for that other girl like yeah and just like putting the the virginal girl on the pedestal the way it is it's just so like uh oh i think it's just also like my trauma is <laughs> <and>, like <laughs> you know because like like I've been put on that virgin pedestal as like a young girl by adult men. And it's fucking gross. It is. It is very gross. I mean, a lot of us have been victims to, to that kind of societal abuse, right. And, and trauma from how they view us when we're young and when we're virgins, or even if we're not a virgin, but still young women, um, we become prey. And yeah. It's, it's, it's disturbing. It's disgusting. Um, and again, I bring up colonization again, but because literally that's when it started for our people, um, they are the ones that started to, you know, rape and, and marry the young girls of our tribes. And that's how we became, um, interwoven with the colonizers in our blood and how Mm -hmm. we're still alive today, but we have them um, within us without our permission because they, they raped us really young and married into, um, young relationships, which is really disturbing and disgusting. Um, but yeah, we all matter. And the thing is too, when you start to decolonize that mentality, you also learn that once you lose your virginity, you're not, you're not wasted. You're not um, broken. You're not, not pure anymore. That's religion telling you that bullshit. You literally become, you go into the next stage of, of, of like Pachimama or Atabeira, you go into the next uh, next space of Giosarhood, right? Where now you've opened up this portal within you where you become someone elevated, someone more evolved as a woman, as a being, as a a wise person, as a creator, right? Now you become a creator. Now you you have the power of creating life. Um, So you're even more sacred. So no point in your life, no season in your life are you more sacred than the other even into your last dying day, you are sacred throughout your entire seasons of your lifetime. And they're all seen as worthy and powerful um, before colonization. So it's really important that we start decolonizing the shit out of everything. Yeah. I mean, it's like a total suppression of feminine power. It's yeah, like real, but because they're fucking, again, they're scared of it. They're the men, especially who started this and, 
and, and and like the colonizers that came in. And, and it's not to say that non-POC or non-Indigenous people are not colonized. You are all colonized, whether you're white, black, brown, I don't care who you are, where you come from, you're all colonized. You've all been subjected to colonization, subconscious um, brainwashing through consumerism and society, mm-hmm. through all of it. Um, so when we are talking about decolonizing, especially me, cause that's like a big subject on what I cover, um, especially in my new book, um, the altar within it's for everyone because we're all being held back from our true power in different ways. They just keep, they keep coming up with different strategies of how to do that. But the one constant is to work against ourselves for, to work against us seeing our actual power and worthiness and shit like that, where the virgin is the only one that's pure and, and sacred and more needed and more worthy than anyone else. Um, that right there is one of those strategic chess game movements that they have in order for women to start thinking that that's it, that after you have sex or after you lose your virginity, that you're not worthy or sacred anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just as, as like femme people, uh, we are constantly every single day assaulted with ideas of what we are supposed to be. Um, so much of our mental energy is just spent unlearning that we should be able to have cellulite and wrinkles and Great. grow as people like the amount of energy that it takes to just like not a absorb those messages and b um, pry them from your brain because they start the, this, these messages uh, start very young, you know, whether you like it or not, whether you have the internet or not. I mean, how many of us have stood in the aisle of the grocery store just trying to get like a pack of gum or like with our parents and just seeing the ugliest beach bodies and everything else that fucking damages you for the rest of your life that you have to like unlearn like causes eating disorders and all of these things. Like it's, it's a lot to just have to decolonize and, uh, like learn scrape the European beauty standard out of our brain. Like it's the sticker on a used car. I mean, I mean, on a new car and you have to return it. It's like, it is so hard to get that shit off permanently. And even sometimes when you do, it leaves a little residue. Like it takes a lot of work and the, it's unfair that we have to spend so much energy yeah. doing that work. It is. It's, it's, it's extremely unfair. And I want everyone to know that, you know, this is something that if we don't do the work personally to do this, it continues on into like your generations moving forward. Um, for me doing the work and actually I tell myself, you know, I'm not just doing this for myself, right? I know I'm worthy enough to be in a place of joy and acceptance, fully accepting who I am and learning mm-hmm. more. I am fucking excited to, I'm 40 and I'm so freaking excited to move forward in my life because now the way I'm moving forward is actually trying to get to know myself more. I'm intrigued. I'm like, 
like super mind blown about this person that's been hidden within me. I'm like super excited every day when I figure something out and I'm like, wow, oh, I wish I had that more time to you know, explore that side of me. But the way I see it is doing the work now, even though I'm at 40 years old or whatever age you're at, means that you can pass that on that freedom to your generations moving forward. Remember we become ancestors guys. We become ancestors and we become guides and we could be there for our families moving forward. Um, my children, my two sons, it's really important for me since they were babies to raise them in a way where I wasn't forcing them into any identity roles, into mm -hmm. any color themes or any, I let them, I allowed them to choose always. Right. Mm -hmm. And my younger one, he's, he's very femme and he's born a boy and he loves very colorful, bright colors. Um, we're actually redoing his room. He wants to do it like kawaii. 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 That's so cute. My daughter's into that too. I'm so excited. My inner child's like, yes. <laughs> so we get to pimp out his whole room with these beautiful pinks. And um, he also likes he also likes blacks and darker shades. So we're going to merge who he is into that room. And I love mm -hmm. watch, tell, I love listening to him explain to me. I love kawaii. I love anime, but I also love like a dark aesthetic mommy. So we're going to work with his vision of who he is into his room. And I'm super excited. You have no idea, but we get, I gave him that permission I allowed him, I, I allowed him to live in this way and be able to explore who he is at a young age because I've been doing the work myself. If I didn't, and I continued to be who uh, my parents kind of molded me to be and what society molded me to be, I would have kept passing that on, you know? Mm -hmm. And as I, I would have kept the chains on, um, not just to my lifetime, but through their lifetimes. And that's really something that I would be super upset about and saddened by if, that was the way we went. But yeah, I mean, Damiana, Damiana is such a powerful being in all of the conversations that we're just having and identity and finding your truth and loving yourself and creativity and creative ways to explore that and introspection. So I really love this episode. Definitely. And that's definitely like what I found. I also found that it's very interesting um, that... It in this one book that I was reading, they described it as a psychic aphrodisiac, mm. which I absolutely love. Um, in tantric practices, it's used to help you connect to the subconscious mind. Yes. So in I, this book that I was reading, I was reading The Magic and Ritual Use of Aphrodisiacs mm -hmm. by Richard Allen Miller from 1985. Um Basically, this book says that it's powerful when used in Dianism or edging, which is bringing oneself to the point of orgasm, but not going over the threshold and just staying in that liminal space. Yeah. Um, in that book, it says that Damiano liqueur can enhance and lengthen that period of like psychic ecstasy. Yes. I also have a book here called Plant Witchery by Juliette Diaz. <laughs> a great read. Bestseller. <laughs> Where I talk about 
um, Damiana being a hypnotizing flower that pulls into mind and her deep green leaves have an, an alluring pattern that pulls into spirit. So literally physically her, her embodiment pulls at the mind and the spirit, not just even her spirit yet. Once she does that, she draws you in to give you her message of awakening, opening your eyes, your mind eyes into the inner world of realization of the beauty you have within yourself and the, what the world has to offer. So again, yeah, with that text that you just read and being in alignment with the work that I've done with her, um, she really does open that site and that site is really powerful because I don't, he, they said psychic, right? But for me, I think the psychic ability that it keeps open is the one where you're able to see yourself, your inner world. Okay. So yes, actually, maybe intuitively, this is why we we're talking about colors in the beginning, because, um, a similar flower that I've worked with, I have it in my backyard is forsythia, which is a bright yellow flower. Um, yellow, the, the flowers of Damiana are also yellow. So it's going to shine light on your, and they say in this book, like connect you to your subconscious mind. It's like turning a light on. Yes, exactly. That's actually, I want to get that book, whatever that one, the one you're reading. Um, even though I'm in agreement with it, this, again, the, the wisdom that I channeled through the flowers or the plants that I did in this book were literally channeled through the plants. So it's interesting that this text also has that because that is that inner world, um, which is super hard to tap into. A lot of people think that it's super simple, that meditation might do it. No, meditation you have to have been doing meditation for a long time or really know what you're doing or have had this intimate relationship with it. But in, meditation takes you so far. There's so many different, I would say like points inside of you. I, I see ourselves like a, a constellation within ourselves to activate all these little stars within us. It takes us into a deeper portal within ourselves. Right. And sometimes the subconscious mm-hmm. is like a black fucking hole. Um, yeah. It's like your body, your physical flesh, does not want to go in there. There's a reason why your subconscious exists, right? It's it's something separate from your being and your being is like, my safety flags are going to go up. I'm not going to go into there. And that's what happens to a lot of people who try to work on their psychic abilities. Oh. I'm a seer and like to journey into other realms. Your body like sh- triggers you back or wakes you up and doesn't want to do that because it doesn't feel safe. So mm-hmm. opening up that that portal within yourself to actually see is really powerful. And that's doing it with a plant, something natural. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different gateways to do that through plants. Like, and then part of how we, we can determine what plants can take us where, uh, you know, they're kind of like almost like a roadmap to the subconscious mind in so many ways. It's like, you can read them by color. You know what I'm saying? Like yellow flowers are going to be like very like sunflowers um, for Scythia, this Damiana. Um, They're turning the light on, they're illuminating. Whereas like pink is going to be like activating the heart space and like showing you what you need to love or helping you bring that love or uh, purple is a psychic color. It's going to be a more psychic experience. Yeah, allowing you to feel into those abilities and become familiar and comfortable with them, right? Because 
it's kind of like I've been able to see, for for instance, I see spirits and my entire life I've heard people say, oh my God, I'm so jealous. I wish I could see spirits like you. No, you fucking don't because, <laughs> it, it, and, and I have a lot of people telling me, I don't understand how you still get scared because you've done it all your life. I'm like, you just don't understand that the physical body and the spirit body are two different bodies, even though they're kind they're the same. Um, they react differently. The whole point of going through this healing journey and acknowledging all the parts of you and, and aligning yourself and coming to self, to the center of self, is so that they're in agreement with each other. It's like you have to bring your spirit and your body in agreement with each other. And that happens because we have to do that work because we have been separated from them due to our experiences and our traumas and things like that, right? It creates a little bit of a separation, um, yes. a, a distrust kind of, um, where the body doesn't uh, trust the spirit and the spirit doesn't trust the experiences of the body to be able to sustain you. Um, so yeah, it, it, it becomes, I forgot what I was fucking saying. <laughs> this is so important what you're talking about. This is so important because I'm like going into, I'm no, I got you. I got you. Thank you. Catch me. Listen, please hold space. <laughs> this is so important because you have everybody on TikTok that's like, you need to ascend. You need to, you need to, you know, reach enlightenment. Like, no. You need to be embodied. You're a fucking human being. Like if you skip the human experience, you're going to come back and do it again. Like it's, it's both or like you destroy the ego. Like you're, that's destroying you. Exactly. Like Like, the ego came from someone naming it, the ego naming it, the monkey brain and all this shit. But like, they, I, I see the good intentions where new age spirituality, for instance, is trying to go. But again, with many things, they culture appropriated a lot of things and they decided to skip humanness and decided mm-hmm. that because they want to continue to follow religious hierarchy, they're doing it in a different way where now they're not even human. They're just starseeds. They're just spirit. They're just yeah. enlightened beings. And it's really sad to me because we know that that's not true. It's an illusion. You cannot be this spirit being without being also a human being. You are both. And you cannot skip either of the experiences. So you need to acknowledge your humanness, no matter how fucking chaotic, how much it hurts, how disturbing it could be to be a human on this earth it is also beautiful and your spirit is what helps you see the beauty in it so if you don't have them combined if you don't acknowledge both of your sides both of your your spirit bodies it's going to be harder for you to be able to tap into that power like what i was saying before now that i remember of being able to travel and get into these psychic places of not being safe. You need to feel safe within yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is what, what blocks you. That is the block. It's not anything else. The block is you feeling safe with yourself. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Once I feel like that's why I can do whatever I want in the dream world and why I don't have any fucking issues because I'm not afraid. I know I'm capable of handling it. Um, and you can't, you can't teach that. You just gotta, you yeah. gotta, You gotta do, you just gotta do the work yourself. And it, and the thing is, I get it. People tell you, okay, this is like, for instance, my book, the altar within, right. I tried so very hard not to 
try to tell you what to do, but I'm guiding you on how to get to what you have to do. I think it's going to be an epic book, by the way. I'm super proud of that book. Um, but that book is what is what helps you get into that place of finally fucking trusting yourself, being super honest with yourself, taking responsibility for all of you, your past, your present, so you can move on to the future with mm-hmm. you embodied, whatever that means for you. And it's okay. It's okay. It's going to be okay. I know that the messages have been scrambled and that are being given to us that we have to be these high vibing people and beings. And then we see people acting this way. And to me, acting is the key word. These people are acting. They're, it's not mm-hmm. real. It's an illusion. And they're living in their own fantasy world. And honestly, some of them, maybe, yeah, maybe they are living in this joyful um, realm of a world because maybe they don't have hardships. Maybe they don't have trauma like we do. Maybe they don't have mental instabilities like some of us do. So we also have to put that into account that not everybody has the same privileges. Mm -hmm. And most of us, though, have real life to deal with and, and, and real shit that we have to deal with from the past. So. Yeah. Damiana is your, is your queen. (laughs) Yeah. Full bodied, fully embodied Damiana. Yes, 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 yes. It's, it's very special to have worked with her and to still be working with her. I actually don't take her in fully. What I mean is I take her still in doses. Um, like I said, like I might tease now I'm going to infuse her with hibiscus yum, yum for my iced teas. Um, but I, to fully channel her, I haven't allowed myself to fully channel her to the same extent that I do with other plants. And I even say it here in my book, as I talk about her, um, because it is, it's a full on experience. She takes you on. It's like, here you are like it, like it or not. This is you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I actually put her in the fire element, um, the smoke show, bath bomb that we did for valentine's day uh we did like a whole collection of elements to go like back to basis because the way that she like ignites passion and desire and all of those things that are you know associated with like the fire element the the element um association and the planetary association when it comes to damiana is all over the place Mm. um i could see that like I, we got Pluto, we got Venus, we got Mars, we got Saturn, we got Jupiter. Mm. I feel like she, Damiana she, is Venus and Sagittarius. She, <laughs> I really do. I really do. <laughs> I really like that. But it's, she, it's that she covers so much, right? But also all that is all in the same. It's kind of like, okay, so perfect. So kind of like the message that I try to tell you guys, you know, all the parts of you make you, whether it doesn't matter, even all of your emotions, right? Like today, a lot of people are into like spiritual bypassing, even though they don't even know that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, acknowledging all your emotions, all your parts, all your pieces, all of who you are still create that one person, right? Damiana embodies like love and creativity and truth and enlightenment and all of those things, but it still comes back to the center, because all mm-hmm. things make you who you are, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, she's truly an embodiment of the work 
that we have to do within ourselves. And she's a really supportive um, being for that. I have um, a Damiana love box in my plant witchery book. Do you want me to kind of read it really quickly? Yeah, sure. Okay. So this love box could be for you and a partner or could be for yourself as in self-love. Um, so creating a love box with Damiana will enhance a love that is present or call back a love that has gone astray, which could be your self-love for yourself that has gone astray as well. If you're calling someone you have loved and lost, if you are calling someone you have loved and lost, know that this will not make them love you if they no longer do. And this is also true for yourself. If you never found how to love yourself truly, um, she's going to make you work. It's not going to magically happen overnight. You know, she's going to put those lessons in the way of that are going to help you find love for yourself again. So be mindful of that. Once you start working with her, what you do is you need an empty box, a picture of you and your partner. If it's for yourself, just a picture of you, um, some of your hair strands. Um, if you don't have hair, no clippings work. Anything else that symbolizes your relationship. So if it's for yourself, you can put in there things that you truly know for sure that you love it because of you, not because someone else um, put that identity within you. Um, for instance, like um, black clothing. I've always loved black clothing. It wasn't because it was like a witchy trend. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, no, same. Um, it was matches. I'm very low maintenance. <laughs> a handful of dried rose petals a rose quartz, affirmations, a love poems to invoke the kind of relationship you want. So that can be, you know, if it's for the self, um, maybe images of how you see someone else loving themselves, examples of that, um, and put those in there of what you want to build for yourself. For instance, um, a handful of dried Damiana and a red candle. So what you do is you write a, a letter of intention for the love that you want and that you seek from someone or for yourself, add the items in the box. Um, then you're going to sprinkle Damiana all over, not only in the inside, but over the box. And that's when you're going to hold your hands over the box first, light the candle and then set your intentions. I keep this box and I, I, I urge people to keep the box underneath the bed on your side. If it's for, bringing back love, say we are in a marriage and I can connect to this, right? I've been in this marriage 11 years with my man and there's times in our marriage and our journey where, you know, that just fleets a little bit. You kind of disconnect um, because we both are individuals and we both go through different struggles and and journeys that are healing and, and growth in our lives. So there's times that, you know, we have kind of separated a little bit and I know he loves me, right? So what you want to do is put it towards the bottom of his side of the bed to kind of ignite that light in your relationship again, so that you can both fully see priorities and how much love you have for each other. So it won't bring back a love that wasn't there, but it could ignite a love that's in there. I love that. Yeah. And for self, if you never had that love before for yourself, she will take you on a journey to really discover it and build it up for yourself. Yeah, I feel like hibiscus would be a great addition with Damiana if you're doing self-love too, because hibiscus has a lot in the same way will like bring out those feelings of self-love and help you like really celebrate you. 
especially if you have not been celebrated previously. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's something that's powerful right there. Celebrating yourself is a must celebrate yourself, celebrate yourself right now. Listening to this episode right now, celebrate you, how beautiful you are, how powerful you are, how smart you are, how wise you are, um, how strong and brave you've been to get to this point in your life. Um, because it's, it's not normally done, you know, we're not celebrated enough, but the one that should be celebrating us is ourselves for sure. Like we got like one day a year to celebrate ourselves. (laughs) 365 days here's your one day and then if you're a mom you get like an extra day but not really not really Um, because you still got to celebrate all the other moms so it's like you know like I spend most of my mother's days are like you know doing stuff for my mom my mother-in-law like like you got to celebrate you more than the one day of year on your birthday and sometimes even even society ruins that because they're like, you're old. Like the amount of people that cry on their birthday. No, hibiscus on your birthday. Celebrate yourself. Celebrate for sure. Hibiscus with some Damiana iced tea outside on a lawn chair with a sprinkler. <laughs> yes. And have someone pour rose petals over you. Yeah. <laughs> Just all over you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's, I definitely and feeling called to work with this one more. Mm-hmm. I think I'm ready in the past. I was not ready for sure, it's but scary. it's, it is scary. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, I mean, we are a constant work in progress and it's important to go what you're intuitively called towards and to trust your intuition. Because that's the only thing that's going to lead you down the path of healing. Mm-hmm. No one can tell you where to go. You need to find the way yourself. Yep. I mean, nothing that's important is easy to accomplish. Nothing that deserves your energy and, and, and your attention and focus also isn't easy. As it shouldn't, right? Because... In order for you to get to a certain place, you have to create this relationship. You have to create this um, connection. If not, what's the point when you reach there? It's just going to feel empty anyway. Mm-hmm. So the journey is really the most important part for you to get to your desired destination or desired outcome. That journey is what connects you even more purposefully to that. I feel like that's so in line with what that book was talking about, about Dianism or like bringing yourself to the point, but just continuing to stay in that space. Yes, yes, yes. I love it. The journey, not the destination. Yes. That's Damiana's message. Yes. You can go ahead and follow us on social media if you want to stay in touch. Um, I'm at Stay at Home Witch on Instagram, uh, at Witch Baby Soap on other Instagrams. Don't fall for the scammers. There's a lot of scammers out there lately, especially for Juliet and I. Um, I don't have any underscores. It's just Witch Baby Soap and Chelsea the Witch on TikTok. Where can we find you, Juliet? I am Juliet Diaz. Again, also 
no double letters anywhere, no underscores. Um, also, I don't DM you asking you to book readings or anything like that. It's just really annoying that we have to like repeat this over and over, but it's been happening uh-huh. for months. So we want you to be aware. Um, the only yeah, other- like people call my store and tell me it's happening. Like, oh man, I feel bad for you because just the hun- I get hundreds of DMs a month on that. It's- the amount of time that I have to spend. Yes. And, and you want to, and you want to reply back cause you don't want them to fall for yeah, it. You know? I appreciate it a thousand yeah. percent. It's just like, it's not, it's, it's not fair that Instagram won't do anything about it. <laughs> it just won't. Yeah. We've, we've tried, there's actually an article right now that's being written about it. Um, I'm going to share it, but, um, yes. So the only other account that I have that's not I am Juliet Diaz is my publishing company, um, Spirit Bound Press, and I and the Altar Within, which is aligned to my new book. That's it. There's no other one. I don't have a backup account or anything. Yeah, and buy her new book. It's yes. out on two twenty two twenty two. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, loves. Love yourselves. Mucho. Bye. <laughs>